I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. My name is Suman and I am your host for today. With temperatures soaring everywhere, it's good to see at least the electoral climate cool down for a bit. We are over one round of assembly elections covering UP, Punjab, Goa, Uttarakhand and parties will soon gear up for the next round in Gujarat and Himachal Pradesh. At this time, the Chief Election Commissioner has also made a statement which says that they are ready to try a new way of conducting elections. And... Um, yeah we also hear a lot of when we have all these various elections going on we also hear a lot of chatter about how much time we spend on elections and why this hampers a lot of work the solution proposed is simultaneous elections for the lok sabha and all assemblies so what is this about what are the pros and cons what are the implications for indian democracy and federalism to discuss these issues in a lot more i have with me pranay for those of you who don't know him already among other things he currently chairs the high tech geopolitics program at takshashila welcome to the show pranay hi suman hi interesting conversation right yeah so suman none of us are uh, neither of us are experts in this topic so i yeah. thought before we go into the details of this one nation one election so to say i wanted yeah. to know what are our preconceived biases about this right we all no one comes with a clean slate so yeah. what did you think when you saw one nation one election let me begin with my views this any idea which has one nation one x is directly off the front foot it is off putting because you are trying to centralize something say that one thing is better than you having it in a diversified or decentralized way so whenever i see one nation one x something i just get put off by that so that was my like starting point to this conversation but yes i have read after that about really nice detailed note which is there on the niti ayog website by uh, bibek debra and kishore desai so which actually has quite a bit of detail on how we can transition to simultaneous elections but uh, these the biases that i had earlier also there is another one we always feel that you know why if you have all elections together then there is correlation between uh, union parties or the national parties getting more votes compared to the regional parties so that correlation exists and that's why i think uh, that there are too many unintended consequences for this particular action that's where i started what about you yeah uh when i heard i mean this was a few years ago when i heard about this i thought why not it seems so efficient to do but i realized later on efficiency is not the only parameter that we look at when we do any kind of public policy at least in public policy we have other things that we need to look at too and so as i began to read about this like you i have mixed feelings almost bordering on the negative but yeah i too read the niti ayog report and a lot of other commentary around it which negates or which counter argues against i mean puts counter arguments 
against what they are proposing. So, firstly, what does simultaneous selection mean for us? Right, right. Yeah. So, this is an important point, uh, great, that you started with this. So, simultaneous elections can mean many different things. In the common perception, simultaneous elections might mean that you will vote only once in five years for all the elections that you have. So, basically, you would have generally three levels of elections if you are in a city. So, your uh, municipal council, your state assembly, uh, and your Lok Sabha, right? There are these three levels of elections. So, common perception would be that by simultaneous election, it would mean that only once in five years would you have to vote for all three elections. But that is not what is meant by simultaneous elections in reality. Uh, at least in the Niti Aayog paper which was presented, and that is the basis of a lot of talk and discussions today, what they mean by simultaneous elections is there will be simultaneous elections held only for the Lok Sabha and the legislative assemblies at the state level. The entire local government uh, is left out of this because imagine, right, we have around uh, 2.5 lakh plus local governments. Uh, so if you had to have elections in each Gram Sabha and each Zilla Parishad simultaneously with Lok Sabha and uh, state assembly elections, we don't have that kind of capacity at all. And even the terms of the local governments vary from those of state assembly, etc. So basically in this proposal, the entire local government bit is left out. So you will have to vote for that separately, regardless of what happens on the state and the union levels. Okay, so that's kept out. Now, even within this, simultaneous elections for Lok Sabha and um, Legislative Assembly doesn't mean that all these elections will be held only once in five years. The way they propose is that basically there will be two phases after an initial transition period. So after every 2.5 years, you will hold elections. So there will be one phase where there will be, say, Lok Sabha elections plus some number of states, let's say around 14, 15 states. And then after 2.5 years, there will be another set of elections for the remaining states. Right. And then the hope is that all this will synchronize and then you will instead of having these elections every year, you will have elections every 2.5 years in basically so two phases and they will be spread out after every 2.5 years. So this is what is meant by simultaneous elections in the current proposal. Yeah. Uh, intuitively speaking, I mean, the idea is very appealing. Right? We are talking of various pluses. We are talking about cost we're talking about um, you know if you have to take this one one at a time first is um, the common belief is that having elections so regularly we have seen that uh, in a year we normally have five to seven state assembly elections okay so this causes disruption in development projects i mean while administratively i mean regular stuff gets carried on there are no capital projects that are done there is no introduction of I mean, we are not allowed to introduce new welfare schemes, etc. Having one nation, one election or whatever, this kind of a thing, they believe will reduce, I mean, will help the government be more productive. What is uh, your 
view on that do you think it really pans out that way yeah so again let's discuss this because as i said neither of us are experts but i find this view problematic uh, suman so let me explain why right so first of all uh, i would suggest everyone should read the discussion paper because it is the most clear articulation of why someone should transition to simultaneous elections so please do read that but just to paraphrase from that right so in one section they talk about the they try to estimate the developmental time lost because of elections right and the argument is that currently uh, approximately two states go to election in india every year okay so on that basis given that the model code of conduct is around two months during election to a state assembly so what it means is that every year there are around four months okay which are lost due to these elections right so you can't take developmental programs that of the state governments in that particular assembly uh, area and also of the union government in those states right so the argument put forward in the paper is that out of one year one third of the time four months you can't do any developmental work and that's why it is a problem so this is what the paper says now prima facie if you look at it it sounds very serious right like if one third of your every year gets lost to elections and it's definitely something to ponder over and it's a problem but now if you look at it in further detail i think this idea of one third of time getting lost might be misleading so let me explain why so first of all if you look at it the claim is that the developmental activities get solved for four months a year now if you look at it that's not true for the entire country right so let's say if elections are held in karnataka today okay so maybe two months for karnataka here but during those two months the entire developmental works for the remaining 28 29 states can continue as they are right there are no restrictions on that so and then let's say karnataka state assembly election is held after every five years so let's say the term gets completed so after five years again we lose two months of developmental time and let's assume that for some case in between there is a lok sabha election right so actually we are losing 6 months over a 60 month time period in the state of karnataka right which is 1/10 of uh, the total time period and not 1/3 of a year right so 1/10 is okay i mean i don't think that it is such a serious thing as 1/3 so that's first point okay now and the second more important point is probably if we are saying that the model code of conduct is really the problem here you can actually change that right <laughs> you can shorten the length of the moratorium so you don't need to have two months you just make it one month there should be a constitutional uh, change or whatever change is required to the representation of people act or uh, etc to change this you know and it won't require you to actually bring about simultaneous elections right so Approach. yeah and by the way even in the current form the government can actually consult the election commission about the developmental works it plans uh, and if they are not deemed to have any electoral implications they are allowed to continue so it's not as if everything will stop it's not as if metro work will stop if there are elections going on or something like that you know so uh, there are other things you can consult the election commission about so i'm sure you can come to a new modus vivendi with the election commission about what are the kinds of things that can be allowed what is the time period which should be allowed for this model code of conduct etc and the, the third point on this model code of conduct is that you know i think 
entirely this model code of conduct should be thrown out because if a government wants to use developmental activities to lure it would it's what is wrong with it yeah what's wrong with it they let them do that right and if the government is promising freebies to distort their voter choices which is the concern it is happening even today right like just before the model code of conduct everyone knows that money is given and uh, booze is passed Promise. on to people so it's just that we are saying because of this a uh, model code of conduct we are able to solve a big thing i don't uh, see that as a problem and if it is a problem solved for the model code of conduct why do you need a simultaneous election these were my two points there's also a third concern i have this developmental time lost argument is a lot like this dog ate my homework excuse no <laughs> because yeah. what the government is saying is that you know we are always brimming with ideas we have so many things to plan it's just that these damn elections come in the way, in the way. and that's if we are not able to implement our great plan but this is quite absurd right i mean we know generally elections when they'll be done the developmental works how much time they will be taking etc this ex ante information is available for so the government plan. yeah so they can plan it better so just to say that you know because of elections we are not going to do this or it's a problem it gives relegates elections to you know it's like a begrudgingly necessary event it's an obstacle which is blocking the grand developmental vision of a party or a leader it appears so but in fact we should be proud of the elections right like why is that a, such a big problem so these were my three contentions what do you think yeah i'm uh, by and large with you also when we talk of uh, developmental projects we are not ruling out emergency situations so if there is a flood or something else nothing is stopping the government from doing what is needed at that situation similarly regular administrative uh, jobs that need to be carried out uh, say a midday meal scheme say or uh, any other road works like you mentioned metro etc nothing of that is getting stopped it's only the new announcements probably that are getting stopped and that for a two month thing i don't think is a uh, is an issue big time. yeah and if it is an issue reduce that two months to one month, two months right? to like, one. and it is that's all. anyway a consensus between political parties themselves with the election commission so that can i mean if you if all everybody sits together and sort it out it can be you know sorted for moving to the next is the i mean the cost is always something that is touted uh, in terms sure we need to get more efficient sure we need to wherever we can reduce cost we should be able to we should aim to reduce cost that's not the counter or whatever but the paper gives us uh, some of uh, they say that the union government spends about 4 to 5000 crores for the conduct of lok sabha elections now the way the money is spent is also mentioned in the paper it says that if it is only the lok sabha elections the union government spends the money whereas if it is the state government the assembly elections there is a cost sharing arrangement between them right so uh, how do you think the cost is a factor in deciding whether we should have one election factor uh, i mean model at all yeah so again uh, let's look at the current simultaneous elections proposed right irrespective of this implementation of the new schema it's not as if you will just have one election for everything right you will still have separate elections for local governments and for the other elections you might have 2.5 years two phases of elections across states right so that 
cost is not going to become directly one third of what it is now. Moving on, like even here, we should look at when we say massive expenditures by governments, we should look at who is it with who is spending a lot of money, right? So there are three players involved. One is government spending elections for the conduct of it. Second is the uh, candidates themselves. And third is the political parties. Now, we should look at all of these three separately. So let's first take the first component is government expenditure. Like you said, it is around 4,000 to 5,000 crores. That is a really small sum for the size of government of India, right? So in 2014, for example, that amounted to around 0.03% of India's GDP once every five years, right? So it's a really small sum. And if you think of state elections for a large state like Bihar, you know, their cost is around 0.003% of India's 2014 GDP. Again, every one five years. If we assume that all states require the same cost as Bihar, which is an overestimate, not uh, all states are as big as Bihar, it would still amount to be 0.12% of India's 2014 GDP over a period of five years again. You know, all state assemblies and Lok Sabha elections combined, this will be the sum. Now, clearly, this number is not unaffordable, right? Union total government expenditure in India is around 26% of GDP, out of which if we say 0.12% is being spent for actually doing the process, which elects these democratic governments, I don't think it is a big once in five years. Yeah, once in five years, right? So uh, I don't think it can, like you said in the beginning, right? The primary motivation for undertaking a constitutional amendment exercise which might possibly have unintended consequences, can't be this cost argument of 4,000 crores. That's first point. The second component of the cost is spending by candidates. Now, candidate spending is actually capped uh, at 70 lakh for Lok Sabha and 28 lakhs for state assembly elections. But we know that it is laughably low. And in fact, a lot of people uh, spend over and above that through illegal means. Right. So that's, uh, let's, uh, assume that you know that is going not going to change in any case yes. now the other component which is the spending by political parties there's no cap on that absolutely there's no restriction on that you know so now uh, if we take the total spend by political parties and the candidates this paper claims that it amounted to approximately rupees 30000 crores for the 2014 lok sabha elections now this is a worrying number right because this expenditure is often in the form of freebies, vote for cash exchanges, etc. But again, arguing that conducting simultaneous elections will fix this problem is in a way an admission by political parties that they will not change their ways. It's just that they will engage in this simultaneous corruption once every five years or 2.5 years. So they are saying we will not change. We'll continue to do what we want to do because our incentives are like that. But it's just that why spend this money every year or every two years? We will do this in a very simultaneous way after 2.5 or 5 years. So I think if your problem is that parties are spending a lot of money, we need to fix that election expenditure problem through many other ways like ADR and other non-profits have been arguing for. But simultaneous elections is not a solution for that. It just means that 30,000 crores will be spent once in 
5 years and that too uh, because it's being spent in once in 5 years maybe that 30000 crores will become 40000 crores who knows because you need to lure the people even more so again i don't think this is the argument to bat for uh, simultaneous it, at least it doesn't make the case very obvious to me what do you think yeah uh, for me the political party spending is i mean cannot that is a separate problem to fix and probably we will look at state funding of elections probably we will look at some other uh, you know ideas that could come up if we think that we are spending too much on this election and i don't know how this bonds that have just come you know that have been making the news for all this time i don't know how they will play out but you know that is also a cause for concern i would say right yeah and exactly yeah though maybe those are the things to look at right like instead of the simultaneous election yeah and the lastly the other thing that we are talking about is the amount of the forces that we need the capf force that is needed to keep to conduct these elections to keep law and order in place during elections again with that i think that we should question why do we need that much what is it that we are doing wrong that we need so many security people to conduct simple elections right so uh, what do you think about it? yeah actually out of all the reasons this is the reason which i am probably somewhat sympathetic towards right so uh, just this movement of entire uh, security forces and remember polling officials are actually people who are working in the government right so this is like their part time job and they are forced into it school teachers you know government servants they have to do this work so maybe there is some sense in the fact that their duties get diverted because of these elections so yeah probably that is an issue but again for that uh, we should be thinking of okay then maybe we want to give this polling duties to someone else maybe not to people who are teaching in schools right so maybe you can hire people for contract for a particular period of time election commission can be made responsible for that whatever right there are other ways to tackle this but that doesn't mean that you actually have simultaneous elections because as we said even if you do simultaneous elections in the way which is proposed there will still be separate elections for local governments there will still be state elections and lok sabha elections which will be combined maybe after every 2.5 years so you will still have multiple elections it's it's just that you won't have them in an haphazard way which they happen currently but uh, it will not sort of uh, suddenly mean that your security forces are engaged just once in 5 years that's not going to happen so yeah that's why i think there is some merit in this argument but again the solution doesn't lie necessarily in simultaneous elections is what i feel there was one more point suman Uh, the parliamentary standing committee has been considering this view and one of their thing is that see frequent elections disrupt normal life frequent elections also perpetuate caste religion and communal issues and that's why we should have simultaneous elections so what do you think of this argument i think that is as absurd as it gets because caste and all other things are keep playing all through the time and if you have it once if you have it five times it's still playing in the right so i don't know uh, that's not reason enough to change the electoral yeah. yeah it's like saying that those are the problems and by doing this simultaneously th- these issues will go away or they'll become less of a problem i don't know maybe people will actually you know cook these issues up 
near the elections because they know it's going to happen only in once in five years and they might actually go at a higher peak and crescendo because it's going to happen in such a planned way. So I don't think this is an another argument for which we should have simultaneous elections necessary. Yeah, at this point, uh, we should take a break, Pranay. We will come back for the rest of it. Um, I'd like to just remind all our listeners that... Uh, uh, the Takshashila Institution runs uh, public policy courses. The next cohort begins seventh uh, of May. Applications for this are open, so uh, please head on over to school.takshashila.org.in to apply for our courses. You can choose between advanced public policy, tech and policy, and defense and foreign affairs. So go over and do apply. The last date for application is thirtieth of it. We'll come back after the break. Welcome back. In this last part, we will discuss uh, what the one nation, one election, simultaneous elections can mean for the structure of parliamentary democracy and for federalism as such. Okay. So Pranay, your views first. I mean, what did you think of it? Yeah, so again, in this discussion paper itself, they have done a very good job of looking at the counter arguments on this point. And uh, I am not an expert on this, but I just went through those arguments. So what they say is there have been multiple studies by other organizations that look at elections closely. And they say that there is a correlation between a higher percentage of electoral wins for national parties as against regional parties whenever Lok Sabha and state assembly elections are held together. So basically, whenever this happens, there is a at least a correlation that uh, the national parties win over. Maybe because when people are voting at the same time, the concerns of the, the national concerns can override the state government concerns. So that is uh, probably one reason. What this discussion paper argues is that uh, correlation is not causation. So it's not necessarily a proven thing. And that's why simultaneous elections should be okay. Now, my point is that the burden of proof actually lies for with people who are proposing simultaneous elections to prove that actually there is no such correlation. And in fact, it is perfectly fine. There is no causation, etc. That should be proven by people who want to change this policy. And I don't think we have enough data for that. At least prima facie, we know there is definitely a correlation. So we need to tread with caution. Maybe there should be more studies. Government should commission such studies and find out if that is the case. So that's my uh, one concern. Second, there is also the big concern, right? That what happens when state governments falling before the completion of five-year period what happens when you have simultaneous elections, right? So again, the what this uh, proposal says is that because you will have elections in, let's say, 2.5 years, you can probably mitigate some of those concerns. But there will be periods when you have caretaker governments where you will have uh, state governors taking in charge, etc. So which is, again, quite a bit of problem, right? This, they also propose that in order for this simultaneous election to work, you will also need to make sure that uh, whenever you are having a no confidence motion, along with that, you also have to bring a confidence motion to show that people on the opposite side of the aisle who are protesting against the current government also have the numbers. So they are saying that also should be done uh, simultaneously. So I think those things are out of the scope of simultaneous elections, right? You will also have to make 
a whole lot of other changes in order to get this thing called simultaneous elections working and the benefits for these are not obvious the unintended consequences for these are perhaps huge we don't know how it will affect the state uh, government versus uh, union government balance we don't know how you will handle uh, parties or governments which fall uh, before the completion of the term so i think there is again a lot of concern over why even do this when the benefits are not that obvious and costs are probably huge so that was what my understanding was what about you i mean for me this part of it was more disturbing than the earlier things that we discussed because this fundamentally changes the nature of our democracy as such in my opinion because the founding principles are accountability of the legislature and the five year term now when we are doing something like this if you are fixing the term for five years there is no way that a government that is anti people can be you know asked to go in between at present we have various uh, you know you somebody can bring a no confidence motion against you and you know you, the government can be booted out and we can have new elections and then the process of governance representative uh, governance goes on whereas if you fix it to 5 years and you are saying that if you don't have an alternate that is there is no confidence motion against the no confidence motion if the you are handing over too many powers to the governor who is again you're centralizing things also if a new government is elected again this paper proposes that they will be elected only for the remainder of the term which is if there is only one year remaining for this government then if why would you elect another government for just the remaining one year right that that is a little uh, i mean it it sounded a bit off for me it goes against the five year term that we have set for ourselves so there is a lot of this these things that need to be sorted and i think once this actually goes into play there will be a lot of uh, resistance from the legal community be challenged on i think the bombay judgment will come back into play and you know the basic structure document also will come back into play so this is going to be a long drawn process itself and like you said we don't know the benefits that we are going to get out of this so is it really worth the whole thing that is my uh, think on this yeah 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 and i think uh, see the current pm for example is by uh, without doubt probably one of the best campaigners in probably indian electoral history so maybe this government actually wants to uh, bring this policy because you can utilize their best campaigner in a more efficient way right which i understand that might be one of the reasons why they might be batting for it but by the way a lot of other political parties are also in favor but this government has articulated uh, its position in favor of one nation one election many times so what i would think is that yes if you want your best campaigner to be available for this elections maybe there are other ways possible right they have already tried this hologram thing and uh, now you are also having you know uh, yeah, remote meeting for them to figure it out right yeah i mean yeah. and they are the... experts at it i mean i'm sure they can figure out better ways so that the pm can give simultaneous speeches in 20 states and that will happen so the solution to this is uh, simultaneous deployment of uh, your main campaigners powers not simultaneous elections that's true yeah 
any other closing thoughts we can close this also. no that's also i would like to know what our uh, viewers think generally this is a new idea that this discussion paper has proposed and new ideas should always be given due credit because changing the status quo is always difficult so i think if people can go through this paper maybe we could have another discussion uh, and know what the pitfalls are but overall at least my sense after going through all this is that the benefits are too small the costs are unseen at, and even the seen cost appear too big uh, for this move to happen at this stage what do you think uh, how do you conclude i agree yeah i agree pranay i will link the uh, discussion paper in the show notes here i uh, request all the listeners to do read all of this and read a few other papers that also that i mean few articles that i will link on this and uh, let's all have an informed opinion about how we want to go thank you thanks pranay thank you all for listening to us if you liked our show Don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashila inst. or our website takshashila.org.in